Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Great. Good stuff. So, um, we were at something in the week. We went to something in, uh, in Stoke at UCB HQ, and J. John was there, and he brought together the ministry, a guy from the States, who um, whose son, they discovered when he was young, was autistic, and he told the story about how um, he'd not been able to speak, and then one day he did speak, and the first thing that he said was actually a declaration from the church that they go to. Uh, he's, this guy is actually one of the, he's the executive leader of uh, Joel Osteen's church in the States. And this little boy, who had never spoke before really for years, just suddenly said these words. And his mum said, say that again, and then he said it again. So this is something that got so ingrained in him from hearing it that this was the first words that he actually said. And there's just power in being able to proclaim some truth. And this was like a breakthrough moment. So I'm going to invite you to say the same words. And this is what they say in their church when they are going to hear from God's word together. So as I say it, you say it too. Okay? So um, you've got to pretend you've got a Bible. I've got a real one. Or if you've got your phone, hold on to that or whatever it is that you use to to read your Bible. Unless you've got a real Bible. And then you're going to say with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I am about to receive the incorruptible indestructible indestructible. ever-living seed of the word of God God. I will never be the same same. never 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 Never, never, never. I will never be the same same. in Jesus name name. Amen. amen can you see how different it is when you open the Bible like that You see, I want to talk to you tonight about the power of proclamation, the power of actually speaking out God's words, especially prophetic words, and the Bible is full of prophetic words because it matters what we say and how we say it. There's a story told about a guy who went to the doctors and uh, he walked in there and he he said, I've just got pain, doctor. And the doctor said, well, that's a terrible thing. And where have you got pain? He said, I've got pain all over. He says, well, what do you mean you've got pain all over? He says, well, this is just everywhere. And he says, well, how do you mean? He says, well... This is, I've got pain in my knee. And he goes, show me. And he goes, ah. He says, well, that sounds awful. He says, where else have you got pain? He says, I've got pain in my ear. He says, in your ear? He says, yeah. He goes, ah. He says, have you got pain anywhere else? He says, it's all over me. He says, I've got pain in my elbow. He says, your elbow? He says, yeah. He goes, ah. And the doctor says, you've broken your finger. <laughs> See, sometimes... The problem is not what you think and the problem is not what you say. And I want to talk about the power of prophetic proclamation. See, Jesus knew all about the power of prophetic proclamation. I haven't got the time to be able to read through the whole thing in Luke chapter 4, but there's that very famous time when Jesus was being tempted and uh, he was in the wilderness and every time he responded with a word from God, we're going to come back to that I think later if we have time, that just made Satan eventually run made him run away but then it says that he went into the synagogue back in his hometown and he opened up the scripture it was handed to him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he found the place there where he this was written the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendants and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him and he said to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, which is like a New Testament way of saying he dropped the mic. (laughs) Because he was like, that's me and that's what I'm here for and he declared 
the truth from the Old Testament fulfilled in his life. He declared the truth of the Bible as being his reality that he was bringing. He spoke out what he was going to live out and what whenever anybody else decides that's what, how I'm going to receive those words and say them about me, then we get to live those words out as well. Some things can come in that can immediately get us into fear. The other day I was, I was driving along with Zoe and a message came in over the radio. Something came in, it was like somebody ringing me. And the thing immediately put me in fear. This was yesterday. It was like, oh no, oh, it was just terrible stuff. I was like, oh no, that's awful. And then Zoe was like, oh no, it's all right, it's all right. And then she said, just, let's just pull over. And she said, before you go, just, just proclaim what we proclaimed this morning. And we'd spent some time this morning, I'll later on reference a book that's like four or five quid you can get on Kindle if you have Kindle, it's not that much on paperback, but by David Prince. And it was these prophetic proclamations, and I did it, and it was like, yeah, it's okay. And it really was okay. Within a couple of minutes, the thing that I thought was awful had gone. King Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 was terrified. It said a vast army was coming against him. The odds were stacked against him. It says, first of all, he prayed because he was scared he said to the Lord we're powerless we don't know what to do so at least he was honest he needed a word from God even after he prayed he needed a word from God and then he got one because as the king prays and as he's crying out to God in front of the people it says that the Holy Spirit then came upon one of the guys who was a Levite whose name was Jehaziel and he stood up and he gave this prophecy in front of all the people do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army for the battle is not yours but God's you will not have to fight this battle take up your position stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you Judah and Jerusalem do not be afraid do not be discouraged go out to face them tomorrow for the Lord will be with you boom there's such great potential power in that word of prophecy. And I say the word potential because ultimately somebody has to believe it. Somebody has to receive it. Somebody has to act upon it. it, it we just talked about the word of God as being like a seed. It's got, it needs to have a place to grow. It needs to have somewhere where it's going to be able to be released. It needs faith to be added to it or else it's just lying dormant. And it's that, at that time, it really matters what you say. What, it really matters what comes out of your mouth. It really matters what you say about God, about the possibility. It really matters because you can kill that thing dead. Somebody, you've heard that. Somebody can have a promise and then somebody else comes along and just pours water all over it. Just stops that thing from having even a chance to be able to, to become a flame from God that, that, that changes everything. But it says this is what Jehoshaphat did. He got down on his face before God and he just prayed. He didn't say anything that night. Other people were worshipping, other people were praying. He just worshipped. And the next day is when he spoke. And look at what he said. He said, early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. And you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. He's declaring what he's decided. He's proclaiming the truth about the prophecy. About what he expects is now going to happen. Because he knows he's got a word from God. And he wants everybody to know we've got a word from God. And so he's going to speak that thing into life. He's going to proclaim that into life. He's going to prophesy. So all he does then in response to that is he doesn't get all the army and get them all sharpening their swords and getting ready. He doesn't give them a big pep talk about how they're going to go in and fight the battle. He just sends out an army of praisers. And then God says, well, God does what he said he would do because he routes the enemy. It's a perfect example of what to do whenever we're struggling. We can take note of what the king did and apply that in our own personal lives. Jehoshaphat's problem turned him first towards prayer, then towards prophecy, then towards proclamation, then towards praise. All appeased. I'll go through it again. His problem turned him first towards prayer, then towards prophecy, then towards proclamation and in the end finally towards praise because God did 
what he said he was going to do. He started out weak in his knees, but the stronger he got was because he spent longer on his knees. And his only hope was a miracle. And he used his mouth to talk with God, and then he spoke out the promise, not just the problem. Some of us are great at speaking out the problem. But we're really not good at speaking out the promise. And then we wonder why we have so many problems. And we don't see many of the promises come true. I wouldn't have said this except in the week I was sent a book by a guy who used to come to this church and he's written a book about his and his wife struggles with infertility over the years and it's a really good book and I read the whole thing. And he says early on in it, he says when they got married, he says, I wish I'd never said it, he said, but we were, the, we were always saying from the day we got married, pretty much, I bet we're going to be that couple. I bet we're going to be that couple who, who always struggle and never, never have kids. And he says he wishes, he wishes he'd never said that. They both wish they'd never voiced that over their lives. Because there's power. Life and death, the Bible says, is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. We've got to watch what comes out. And if you're not sure, just don't let it out. Keep you know, control over your gums. So... Does it seem like the odds are stacked against you in your life? Like with Jehoshaphat, there's an army coming against you. Even if you're outnumbered, if you're headed towards a wilderness to fight an enemy, when you're experiencing spiritual warfare or opposition in your life or ministry, it's time to prophesy. It's time to speak out a word from God. Believe the Lord your God and you will stand firm. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. He'll win. God will win. I talked last week about how crucial it is to have a kingdom mindset in every area of our lives, especially how true that is of spiritual warfare. When you have the right mindset, the right standpoint, the right, a biblical set of beliefs, and you pray and you speak and you act accordingly. See, I used to have a one-directional perspective of spiritual warfare. That is, I always saw spiritual warfare as coming against me. Like the arrows were coming against me. Those, uh, the, the fiery darts of the enemy. And that does happen. But that's not the only direction of spiritual warfare. See when we see this biblically we start to think differently, speak differently and act differently. The first way in which spiritual warfare is experienced is that spiritual warfare comes against you. And this is the one that you usually think of. We really looked at this a lot last week. And if you've not looked at it and had a chance, maybe you can look at the, the Facebook um, link to this or listen to the podcast. But Ephesians chapter 6 famously says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So it sounds like it's going on up there, and it really, really is. But it feels like wrestling here. Anybody ever wrestled? I've done a bit of wrestling, done a bit of judo. It is tough. It's hard. It's hard work to wrestle. And that's how it feels on the ground. The enemy wants to pin you down. He wants to have you say, I submit. He wants to take the, the, the breath out of your lungs. Some things recently that I felt have come against me in spiritual warfare, and, it, and when, it, when it happened, it felt like he was trying to take my breath, mm. trying to restrict me, trying to constrict me. Mm. That's what he wants to do, so that you'll tap out. All right. And if you were here last week, you know, spiritual warfare is raged above, but the attack is below. He fights dirty, so you experience it in. Although we're not fighting against flesh and blood, we are wrestling and sometimes that ends up with repercussions in our families, in our relationships, in our jobs, in our ministries, in our destinies. That's when it feels like the attack is coming right at you. All of the arrows are coming right at you. So what do you do when that happens? Well, Scripture says you have authority, you have permission, you have ability to resist. You don't just roll over. You don't just say, oh, the enemy's having a go. Some people, oh, the enemy's having a real go at me at the moment. Well, have a go at him. We're commanded by God to oppose the enemy and his attacks, not just to roll over. Because the thing is, rolling over doesn't make it go away. He's not nice. 
You submit, he's just going to keep on pinning you down. He's going to keep on holding you down. He's going to keep on taking your breath away. He's going to hold you down. He's going to, he's going to restrict you and stop you. He doesn't give up just because you give up. So that's why 1 Peter 5 says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, not just God's enemy, this is personal. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a, like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. In Pilgrim's Progress, there's a point in which Christians walking along and there's these two lions and they're roaring. And he's like, I can't go there. And then as he gets close, he realizes they're on chains. And they can roar all they want, but they can't get him. Satan wants you to submit out of fear. That's the bad news. That's how you lose if you submit to him. But you win by submitting too, because God says, submit to me. James 4 verse 7, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's the order. Submit, resist, and watch him flee. From who? From you. The first direction of spiritual warfare, we usually notice, is towards us. The arrows are coming at us. However, that direction is temporary. And if you want it to stop, don't submit to the devil, but submit to God. In, in repentance. Say to him, if there's anything that I need to, to repent of, Anything that I need to change my mind about, anything that I need to do differently, then I'm going to do that. I'm not going to keep the enemy having a, a go at my head and, and telling me how terrible I am and how bad I am. I'm going to come to you and tell you how good you are, God. I'm going to tell you how great you are. I'm going to, I'm going to submit to you. Repent over your life, over your, your relational mess-ups, over your workplace. Repent over the sins of the city. Repent over the sins of the nation. Just keep on doing it. Submitting to God and saying, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm coming underneath your mission. That's what submission is. My mission in life is submitted under your mission for my life. Lord, have your way. And I'm sorry if there's anything that's ever been about my way. I'm laying that down now. Submit to God, resist the devil, and... And he runs away in Jesus' name. There's power in the name of Jesus. My friend John comes here sometimes. I remember him telling me years ago when we were both in the police that he went along to um, North Manchester General Hospital where there was um, some just... There's a mental health wing there and he had to go because there was a report of, of people were throwing things at each other. It, it, literally, it had gone crazy in the place. And, there was, and the, the staff, it was completely out of control. And John turned up, walked into the place on his own and people were fighting and screaming and shouting and throwing things. He said it was so loud. He didn't know what to do, but he'd only just become a Christian. In the last few weeks, he'd become a Christian and he didn't know what to do. But he walked in as a police officer in full uniform. Nobody cared. Nobody batted an eyelid. And he was like, stop, stop, stop. And he was going crazy and crazy. And then he just went, stop in the name of Jesus. Absolute quiet. See, when I was a police officer, they taught you to have confidence in the authority that you represented. You know, I could stand out and stop a seven and a half ton truck by doing that and wouldn't get run over. If I went and tried to do that now outside, it probably wouldn't work. But there was a badge here. There was a, there was a crown on that badge. I was representing a kingdom. I had authority to be able to, to do that. And, you know, stop in the name of the law. He never said that, by the way. That's just on films. Stop in the name of the law. <laughs> but we can say, stop in the name of Jesus. Amen. And you, if you have confidence in the power of the name of Jesus Christ, if you know that you can say that with authority, then you know that the enemy has to flee because God says so. Amen. And you don't have to roll over. You can resist. You pray. You get the breakthrough. You fast if the Holy Spirit tells you. And all of that results in a change of direction. Now the enemy who came against you is running away from you. He's fleeing from you because now you have a word from God. Now you've heard from God and you are declaring a prophetic word. And you could call the word from the Lord that Jehaziel delivered to Jehoshaphat a rema word. You might have heard that before. A rema word is distinct from the written word of God, which is a graphe. 
the written word of God. And the meaning of that written word, the meaning of the written word is logos. Rima word is the spoken word of God. And it's a declaration with power inherent in bringing that word to life. There's always power in the word of God, but there's dynamite power in a Rima word of God. When Jesus, just before this, was tempted by the devil in the wilderness, every time he spoke God's appropriate word, he didn't just kind of go through his Bible and try and find a verse in the moment. It was in here, and, and it came out of here in the power of the Spirit, and he spoke a Rima word. And the Holy Spirit will highlight a passage of Scripture to you. It's like there's all kinds of doors, but God will give you a particular key for that particular door at that particular time. That's what this is about. This is what a prophetic word is. They're all keys, but this one fits a particular lock. That's the Rima word from God. That means if you're not, that's why we have to submit to the Holy Spirit. That means if you're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit, if you just dismiss what he's saying, if you can't learn to discern what he's saying, you can miss God's direction in your life. But we have to learn to use our lips in such a way, our voice in such a way that when we pray to God, when we face even particular challenges, you're given the strategy, you're given the key, you're given the word to be able to unlock heaven's resources. You don't just, see Jehoshaphat was told a very strange strategy. Don't fight, stand. That's it. Let God fight. And he told everybody, believe, believe the word. And then he proclaimed it in faith. So there's a picture of a great book, which if you're into books, I would encourage you to get. Anything by David Prince is good. I'm big into him at the moment. Prayers and proclamations by, proclamations by David Prince. <laughs> they're, just, they're just like little bits for various circumstances and situations for you to speak out. To, to, so we're going to practice one. And you might notice a lot of this is graphe, it's words from the Bible, but when we declare it and add our faith and proclaim it, you are releasing the logos and it's, it, has, it can become rima. So we're going to proclaim something. Please stand with me if you're able to stand. And again, this is you taking God's truth on board in your life. So you speak it out loud. Don't just say it like I'm just repeating the words. You've got to kind of do something and add faith to this. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me, in judgment I do condemn. This is my heritage. As a servant of the Lord. And my righteousness is from you. O Lord of hosts. If there are those who have been speaking or praying against me or seeking to harm me or who have rejected me, I forgive them. Maybe you didn't know you were going to say that, but that's what we're going to say. So just take a moment and forgive anybody who's got anything against you. Just forgive them. You can even speak it out loud unless they're standing next to you, in which case it's probably not a good idea. But just to be able to speak that out. Who is it? If God brings people to mind, just let it go so you can be free. Not quite there yet. I think there's one or two people need to forgive before we can move on. If that's you, just please help the rest of us by getting on with it. Ready? Having forgiven them, I bless them in the name of the Lord. And now I declare, O Lord, that you and you alone are my God. And beside you there is no other. A just God and a mighty Saviour. The Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And I worship you 
I submit myself afresh to you in unreserved obedience. Having submitted to you, Lord, I do as your word directs. I resist the devil. All his pressures, his attacks and deceptions, and every instrument or agent he would seek to use against me. I do not submit to him. I resist him. Drive him from me and exclude him from me in Jesus' name. Specifically, I reject and repel infirmity, infection, pain, inflammation, malignancies, allergies, viruses, every form of witchcraft and every type of stress. And then just name before God any, you know, you don't have to do this out loud, any specific stress that you're carrying at the moment, what it's about. If it's at work, in your family, just voice that to God. Shambarakas and Yes, Lord. Just casting all he cares upon him because he cares for you. Thank you, Jesus. Ready? Finally, Lord. I thank you that through the sacrifice of Jesus, on the cross for me, I have passed out from under the curse and entered into the blessings of your friend Abraham, whom you blessed in all things. Exaltation, health, reproductiveness, Prosperity, prosperity, victory, victory your favour and your friendship. Amen. Amen. Please take a seat. Yes, Lord. The next direction of spiritual warfare is already happening tonight because the enemy was coming against you, but now he's going away from you. This is the next direction of spiritual warfare. The enemy's on the run. He starts to flee before you. Jesus has won a victory for us, so now it's never meant to be us on the run from Satan. It's meant to be him running away from us. This is God's promise for his people. It says, five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase 10,000, and your enemies will fall by the what? By the sword before you. What's the sword? the word of God we looked at this last week the importance of knowing you wear your spiritual armour you know what the helmet of salvation is you've got the belt of truth tied around you You have the breastplate of righteousness firmly fitted you have your feet shod ready for the gospel you're ready to go where he says when he says you've got that sword in your hand you've got the shield of faith ready look out look out Lucifer this is how I fight my battles Then it says, the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction but flee from you in seven. You can declare that as a truth. You can say, the enemies that come against me, they're going to come from one direction. They're going to flee from me in seven directions because I've been given the authority. I can exercise the authority in the name of Jesus. The same power he gave to the apostles in Luke chapter 9 1. says, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority. Not just power, but also authority to do what? Drive out all demons and heal or cure diseases. See, you get power, that's potential. You get authority, that's ability, that's acting on it. There's power in the electric grid all around here. There's something that needs to happen, somebody needs to flick a switch for it to be available to us. Authority says you can turn the lights on in any dark place. And it wasn't just the the, the 12, the very next chapter, the unnamed 70 or 72, they get sent out and they come back and they say, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He has given you power and authority in his name. You have a particular sphere of influence. You have a particular place. And as you use this power and authority, that extends. 
We don't shrink back. We, we, we keep on pushing out in obedience. And when you understand that, you see the tide turn and the direction of warfare changes. What come against, came against you now runs away from you. Amen. We're going to proclaim. Stand to your feet if you can. This is a short one from that book. Are we ready? Yeah. It says, we overcome Satan when we testify personally to what the word of God says, the blood of Jesus does for us. So, through the blood of Jesus... I am redeemed out of the hand of the enemy through the blood of Jesus. All my sins are forgiven through the blood of Jesus. I am continually being cleansed from all sin through the blood of Jesus. I am justified, made righteous, just as if I'd never sinned. Through the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified, made holy, set apart for God. Through the blood of Jesus, I have boldness to enter the presence of God. The blood of Jesus cries out continually to God in heaven on my behalf. Amen. So the enemy flees. And the third and ultimate direction is down, down. Please take a seat because you realize now the enemy is under your feet. He's under your feet. In Ephesians chapter one, Paul's praying. And he's just praying for the church that everybody in the church will get this. And I'm praying this for myself. I'm praying this for our churches especially. I'm having a big focus of this in my prayer through Lent for all of our churches. And this is what Paul says. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Put the lights on so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened Put the lights on. In order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the age to come. And God placed all all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church which is his body so he's the head we're the body God has placed all things under his feet what are we? the body we're the feet even if you're just a toenail even if you're a corn <laughs> you, the enemy's underneath his feet everything's been placed under Jesus' feet that includes the devil it includes every principality and power we're the body of Christ so all things are under our feet too whatever kind of problem whatever attack comes against us be it physical, emotional financial, family, spiritual doubt, temptations, fears all these things that come we can walk on top of those situations in the name of Jesus. I love Psalm 91. So good. Especially verse 13. It says, you shall tread upon the lion and adder. And that's not talking about get, how to get in trouble at Chester Zoo. <laughs> Lions and adders are representing strong, fierce, dark forces, a demonic host. If you're treading on something, it means you're walking all over it. You've got authority all over that thing. Luke 10, 19, Jesus says, I have given you, say he has given me. He has given, see, declare that. You, you practice this one. Say it out loud. Make it your own declaration. Go. Nothing will harm me. Amen. Joshua 10, Joshua had to fight against five kings. It's physical warfare on the ground, but the spiritual warfare taking up a real battle in the heavenlies. It's always going on all of the time. It wasn't just flesh and blood, but it felt like it as they were trying to take the promised land. The land was full of people 
who are engaged in idolatry, who are engaged in immorality, who are worshipping false gods and idols. So God told Joshua over and over and over again. You look at Joshua's life from when Moses first calls him and then throughout it, God speaks to him specifically. He keeps on saying to him, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and very courageous and go in and take possession of the land. And there's always a fight for land. The enemy hates it when God's people take ground. Like when we buy a sports ground, for instance. It's great, but it's a battle. And we're fools if we don't recognise that. That this is a major spiritual battle. And that's why we've all got to pray about this Cheadle Hume thing. Because actually, in the same way as we take ground, it's like there must have been a huge spiritual battle for God's people to get this plot of ground. And to be able, you think of all of the gains for the kingdom that have come because Oliver Brockbank bought this and, they, and, and all the stuff that's happened. It's going to be the same at Cheadle Human. So the enemy knows it and he hates it and he'll come against it. And he won't come direct at it because he's not that daft, but he'll come in all kinds of different ways and try and bring disunity and destruction. He's going to, he's going to try and bring everything that he possibly can against the work of God in this church. And he'll make it so that there'll be times when we'll feel like I just can't even go on and maybe I better run. Maybe I better leave. Maybe I'll go to a different church. Maybe I'll try something different. And you know that every single time, that's the words that come in. He never changes his tactics. And every time we've got to hear the word of God that says be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous and take the land, enter the land. Because God told Joshua in Joshua 1 verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread on, I've already given you that. It's like, it's already yours. I've given it you. You just got to go and possess it. I just went to the Cheadle Hume site earlier. I just went and went up there to have a pray. And when I got there, there was this like four guys sitting in a car and they're all like hiding, hiding the faces. And I thought, oh man, what am I going to do? I'm on my own. There's four guys, they're on our land. And I was like, I used to be in the police, but I'm not in the police. I thought, I'm going to have to ask them what they're doing. <laughs> so I pulled over and I was like, hey, what are you doing? They went, smoking weed. <laughs> I was like, well, probably not the best of you don't do it here. And they were like, well, all right. And they all drove off. <laughs> but I thought, no, this is our land. Amen. This is now, you don't come in here and smoke weed anymore in the name of Jesus. There's other stuff you can do. You go and do that somewhere else. We're not here now. Because this is, God's given it to us. We have to put our foot down. You know, there's times you've got to put your foot down. What God says is true. I stand on his promises. I believe what the prophets say and I'll be established. David wrote in Psalm 18, I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back until they were destroyed. I crushed them so they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. Don't wait for God to give you what he already gave you. Go and get it. You're waiting for the victory. He already gave you the victory. There's a cross. It was already won. Go and get it. Make it a reality. Take it. That's when you start to see it. When you take it in Joshua chapter 10, a whole group and five kings fought against Joshua and his people. Verse 8 the word of the Lord came to them. It came to Joshua. Do not be afraid of them, for I've given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. Then it says, the Lord threw the opposing armies into a panic and he even sent a terrible hailstorm. It's been pretty bad this week. Imagine how bad this one was. Against them. And Joshua wanted the victory so badly, he wanted it to be so complete that he, he, he made like this incredible prophetic declaration, this crazy thing that he said. He said, he did prophetically declared, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Aijalon. Just so they could carry on beating the enemy down. And you know what? God did it. I don't know. Does that sound to you like a myth or a fable? Other civilizations, if you look into it, actually including the Egyptians, the Indians and Chinese histories, record in some stories a lengthened day. In a paper published in 2017 in the Royal Astronomical Society Journal of Astronomy and Geophysics, Cambridge researchers dated what they said was the oldest annular eclipse ever recorded to the October the 30th, 1207 BCE. 
exactly 3,226 years ago. The same year, a multidisciplinary team of Israeli scientists examining NASA data posted a paper dating this incident to the same date. The findings have been so widely accepted that historians have now refined the dates on which two pharaohs reigned as a result of that. Professor Sir Colin Humphreys, who co-authored the report, said, if these words, he's talking about the words in the Bible, are describing a real observation, then a major astronomical event was taking place. Now, he's not saying he believes it. He's just saying something happened. He thinks it must have been some kind of eclipse. It's the only thing that he can say it must have been. Now, is that unusual? I should think so. And the Bible also says that it was unusual. Because it says this, verse 14, there's never been a day like this before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. So I'm not saying that necessarily we should all pray for a long day tomorrow or something like that. But at the end of all the fighting, this is what I love, the five enemy kings all run off into a cave because they're beaten and they hide. And he says, go and get those guys out. And they bring them out. And then when they brought the kings out to Joshua, he summoned all the men of Israel and said to the army commanders who'd come with him, come here and put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came forward and placed their feet on their necks. Why? To show that they'd been vanquished. Joshua said to them this. This is what he said to them. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all the enemies you are going to fight. Do you know what Jesus' name is in Hebrew? Joshua. This is what Jesus has done. And he invites us to come and step up and put our feet on the necks of all of his spiritual opponents who fight against us, all the powers that he defeated at the cross. And I believe there are some here and the tide of spiritual warfare that has been coming against you is on the turn. I gave a prophetic word a few weeks ago about this is a time when there's going to be turnarounds. And I believe this is happening right now. Here's what I prophesy over you. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction but they will flee from you in seven in the name of Jesus. When an enemy sends an attack against your destiny, prophesy. When an attack comes on God's plans and your dreams that he's given you for your life, speak. Speak his truth into the situation. Don't speak doom and gloom. Speak glory and power. Prophesy your heavenly father's intentions for your life, for your family, for your church, for your ministry. Prophesy God's grace. And if you don't know where to get a prophecy from, this is a great place to start. Don't look around. Don't look down. Look up and speak out and prophesy that God will turn this situation around for his glory and for your good. Prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ in this year of hope, the downfall of the enemy and every scheme against you in the name of Jesus. When a word comes against you, prophesy God's doing a new thing. It's not over, it's a new beginning. And I prophesy the time is coming in this year of hope when you will see with your eyes the fulfillment of your prayers, the reality of your faith, the fruit of your words spoken in agreement with God's word. One of the other words I say, as I say, I spoke, I spoke about that word, it's a turnaround time. There's a turnaround that is coming in the name of Jesus. And I prophesy it will be turned around in the name of Jesus. But you've got to declare that too. You've got to say that too. I believe that that's going to happen. Has anybody else felt as if you've been in a spiritual battle recently? You know what you are. That's scriptural. But I want you to be encouraged by what we read and what we stand on and what we know and who we know and speak out what we believe and prophesy in situations the victory of Jesus. When the nation of Israel escaped from slavery in Egypt and were trapped between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea, faced with what seemed like an impossible situation, Moses prophesied 
spoke out and proclaimed God's intended outcome to the Israelites. He said, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I got that so many times in the last couple of months, that verse, in so many different ways. That verse came to me. You do not need to fight. You need only to be still. It might seem like the enemy is getting you backed into a corner. Break out because you serve a supernatural God. Trust his promises and prophesy. Declare the Lord's deliverance ahead of time before you see it because that's what faith looks like. Before you naturally declare it, Believe that it's a supernatural reality and speak it out with God on your side. You are unstoppable and the strategies of the enemy will be stopped and will be overturned. If you know what happened, First Samuel chapter 17, Goliath comes against David and he comes with a barrage of intimidating words. He says he cursed David by his gods. There's a spiritual battle going on. Forces bigger than Goliath are standing behind him. But God is bigger than all of those those battles and he stands with David so David proclaims a word of prophecy it says David said to the Philistine you come against me with sword and spear and javelin but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied he's like I wouldn't want to be in your place (laughs) prophesy in the name of intimidation. Never underestimate the power of your declarations. Don't back down, speak up. Don't be quiet, speak louder. Tell the enemy, I come against you in the name of the Lord. So now it's time to proclaim the truth because there are more with you than are with them in the name of Jesus. Naturally speaking, King Jehoshaphat didn't stand a chance but he believed, he agreed, he declared the truth and he said, this is the the prophecy, remember, do not be afraid or discouraged, the battle is not yours but God's, you will not have to fight this battle, take up your position, stand firm, why don't you stand and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, go out to face them, the Lord will be with you. So we're going to worship and we're going to prophesy now into the situations that seem so big, any giants that stand against you, We want to see with that kingdom mindset, Lord. We want to look beyond what we can see with our natural eyes. We want to hear what you, our heavenly Father, says right now and what you have said in your word. Bring to mind your promises as we make decisions to declare what you are going to do. Who you are, how great you are, how powerful you are. That you are our God and you are on our side. We prophesy, we prophesy a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. We stand firm on your promises. The enemy is under our feet. Lord, we know that the key to winning every battle is not to be in our own strength. It's not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. We are not strong in ourselves, but we will be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I just as, you, as, you, as we get into worship, start to declare something about how great and how good God is in your situation. God's Holy Spirit is in me. His presence is with me. My God is for me and not against me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Lord, you are with me. You are with me in every battle. You've always been with me. And you're pouring out your favour and your fresh anointing tonight in the presence of my enemies. Lord, thank you that when your presence comes, nothing and nobody can stand against you, so nothing and nobody can stop me because no enemy can stop your purposes. Nothing and nobody can hinder you. No power can separate me from your love, which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing can stop me from entering in to heaven's storehouses and receiving your promises for every problem in my life that you have a key I pray Lord God that you will help me to be able to see the key and use the key that unlocks the promise that will stop the problem from overwhelming me in Jesus name no weapon formed against me shall prosper in Jesus name 
But Lord, the, the promises that you have spoken in my life, every single one of them will come true because I am your child. Nothing can stop you from working in your life. You've prepared good works in advance that I should walk in them. I want to walk in them. I declare that I will walk in them. Lord, you have got a plan. You have got a purpose so much greater than I've seen so far. Lord, I'm looking forward to seeing all that you are going to do. I declare, that, Lord, that you are going to work for good in my life. Lord, those, that, those things that seem too difficult for me, then they're nothing to you. I get that kingdom mentality. I see myself with you high and lifted up, Lord. You are high and lifted up as we worship you in this place. And from that place again, we look down. We look down upon these things. And we, but Lord, when we magnify you, when we glorify you, we see that these problems and these difficulties, they're not insurmountable. The mountains, they're just molehills. Lord, as we go higher with you, as we look down, Lord, we see that the things that seem to separate, they're just like lines now. They've gone in the name of Jesus. Lord, that every attack that comes against me falls. Lord, that they, that the arrows, the enemy can't reach me when I'm up high with you. Nothing that the enemy can do to me can, can come against me. Lord, when I'm seated in those heavenly places with you, in the name of Jesus, I, I take my place, I take my stand in the name of Jesus as a blood-bought, as an eternally loved, as a chosen child of God, adopted into your family, Lord. Thank you for your grace and favour in my life. Thank you for your joy above all circumstances, Lord. Thank you that you have caused me to rejoice. Thank you that you have called me to live a different kind of life. My hope is in you. My trust is in you. My glory is in you. Lord, it's all about you now. It's all about you. Sovereign Lord, you're sovereign over every situation. Nothing is too difficult for you. Nothing is too hard for you. Lord, the situations that the person I went to pray for today laid hands on that sick person. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy life and healing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing is too difficult for you. You're working. Lord, that place in Cheadle Hume where those lads were just there to hide away and, and get involved in just some way to, to distract themselves from the reality of life. I, de I declare that in that place there will be freedom for young people. That won't just be about smoking some drugs, try to get away from that. But instead they will enter into life in all of its fullness on that same ground. Because Lord, where we place our feet, it becomes a place for your, your battalions to enter in for your strategies and your plans to come forth Lord for people to turn from darkness to light from hopelessness to hope Lord for many people from, will turn away from drugs on that same ground in the name of Jesus in the future because that place belongs to you every place we set our foot belongs to you in Jesus name thanks for listening for more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.